0: Hello and welcome to the Side Hustle Success Podcast, I'm your host Stephen Horns. This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This is a show about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads and literally anything in between. In this episode I want to talk to you about some techniques for writing long form content such as blog posts, uh, articles, course scripts or even books. Uh, But first of all let's do some follow up and updates. So you probably noticed already that Kevin um, is not in this episode. Uh, We was actually due to record this afternoon, so we had two episodes planned out. But sadly, Kevin has succumbed to a bit of autumn influenza, so he's not feeling too great at the moment. So while he's tucked up in bed, um, I'm going to record hopefully what's going to be an informative episode for you. And if all goes well, we're planning to meet back up next week where we're going to record the original two episodes that we had planned, um, which are two very interesting subject which i think you're going to like but just had to slip that back by a week just while kevin gets better so i hope you get better soon kevin so i'm recording this on monday the 4th of november and uh, so recording it in the morning I'm going to try and get the episode out and sort of published ready for this thursday um but the, for the rest of the week i'm travelling down to gatwick airport this afternoon so as soon as i finish working on this podcast i'm going to get the train down to gatwick and early tomorrow morning i'm flying over to copenhagen so i'm going to spend sort of the day in copenhagen and then get the train across to malmo in sweden which is about a sort of half hour 40 minute train ride just over the bridge uh, between the two countries and i'm going to be speaking at uredev which is a huge conference in uh, malmo sweden so i had the pleasure of speaking there last year and it's an absolutely fantastic conference really really enjoyed it so i feel really lucky and sort of you know really happy to have been invited back this week this year to speak so this is my last big conference uh show of the year which is good because to be quite honest i'm tired (laughs) i just want to have a bit of a rest so this is my last um sort of um talk on stage at large events i do have another user group in december which i'm attending but that's a much smaller easier more relaxed affair, whereas these conferences really do take up quite a lot of mental energy. So this is the last one uh, for this year until the end of January is my next sort of formal event. and I'm going to sort of keep early January free as well, just so I can catch up on work. So another news then, so my course, uh, which is about stakeholder management relationships for sites is progressing really, really well. So I'm hoping to have that sort of finished soon, just putting all the sort of finishing touches around that content. And I'm kind of looking forward to December, because like last year, um, for sort of longer term listeners of the podcast, you'll know that last year I decided to take December off. Not off from work completely, but just off from the usual projects I might be working on. Just to work on something different, do a bit of learning. And I intend to do the same this year, so there's quite a lot of courses I want to watch, just to sort of, you know, learn some new skills. Um, But I also want to carry on with the Texture Adventure game engine, uh, which I started developing last year. So that kind of game engine is is complete pretty much uh, I've got a few tweaks to make I'm actually doing a talk about it um, at my own local user group in Derby um, towards the end of November but what I want to do now is actually start using that game engine for building a game so I've got a few little ideas I want to play around with I've been sort of scribbling some designs up on a whiteboard so I might just spend a bit of time in November actually just doing a bit of recreational coding you know I don't get to spend as much time doing recreational programming as what I'd like to, so I'm going to sort of force some time into my schedule to do that. Okay, so I haven't got any questions this week. Um, All the questions we have planned are kind of allocated for the next two episodes, because they're relevant to the next two episodes, so let's just dive straight into the show topic. Okay, so what I want to talk about today is um, some techniques that I use to help me write um, lots of written content very quickly. And this content could be sort of long blog posts and sort of longer articles, it could be uh, scripts for courses, it could be books or it could be sort of long, you know, sort of marketing documents or, or sort of white reports that you want to sort of um, give away on your website. So sometimes this can be quite daunting, especially when you're sitting there and you've got, you know, a copy of Microsoft Word open, you literally got a blank page in front of you, you know you want to write ten to fifteen thousand words on something, but your brain will instantly just be thinking, well mine certainly does, it'll be thinking, oh my god, where do I start? And that's kind of what I want to talk about, it's a process that I use, it's nothing I've invented, you know, it's, it's an outlining process, it's used by lots of different authors. So I just thought I'd just kind of sort of talk through the process that I go through, just in case it's interesting for people. So really any kind of document that you're going to write or article that you can write starts with a title. So. Literally the first thing you do on page one of the book, you write the title and then what I do is I start thinking about the chapters. So if it's a book, you know, typically it's split down into, you know, two, three, four, five or more chapters. So first of all, i define kind of what those chapters are or the chapter headings. And really this kind of gives you a very, very high level overview of kind of what the main structure of the book's going to be about. I mean, you might have some introductory chapters, you might have chapters where you're going into depth on a particular subject. You might have some chapters where you're giving an alternate viewpoint or a counterpoint argument to your main ideas. And then you might end with a sort of a conclusion or a summary. So that gives you a very sort of high level arc of what it is you're talking about. When I've done that, I then dive into each chapter and I don't think about the different heading levels I'm going to have within each chapter. So you might have... Say in an introductory chapter, you might think, well, there's kind of, you know, five key areas I want to talk about. So they might become your sort of like your heading level ones, where you sort of list what those subjects are. i do that for each chapter. And then kind of at that point, I might, you know, put it away for a little bit for a few days. Just let the ideas percolate around in my mind. But then what I'll do is I'll go through each of those heading level ones and i start splitting those down into sort of level heading two and three. So I'm taking a subject and then I'm splitting it down into various different points. And again, I'll go through and I'll do that for the entire book. So I've not actually written any actual content yet. I'm just thinking about the structure and the headings. And I might iterate over that, you know, two or three times, tweaking kind of where I think things are going to go. But once you've done that, if you look at that document holistically, you'll see that you kind of have this kind of like arc or this narrative running through the book where you have a starting point, a middle and an end, and then you have the various different subjects that you're going to talk about in between. And this is quite a powerful technique because it kind of breaks that um, empty page problem that you had at the beginning. But by the time you've done that, you kind of have a lot of information already listed, you know, in in a structure. So you, you have a sort of defined structure that you're going to work to. Now, I do this for everything, whether it's a blog post or, you know, primarily it's a course scripts because um, I completely script out my Pluralsight courses from start to finish before I record them. So at this point then, so each heading or subheading, you know, like your level two or level three heading should really just focus on one subject. And at that point, I then start diving into each of those heading levels and I'll start writing notes. So I'm not writing actual content at this point. I'm literally just sitting there thinking, you know, what is what is it I'm trying to write? So I might write just a few sentences about you know kind of the information that I'm trying to convey I might write some thoughts on my own opinions so if it's something where I'm giving an opinion I'll write those opinions um, if there's particular research notes if there's like links on the internet or sort of excerpts from books that I want to link to or sort of use as part of the discussion I'll start, I'll start detailing all of those there as well so I'm listing you know facts opinions research all that sort of stuff and I'll go through that and I'll do that for the entire book, for each different heading level. And then I'll put the book away for a bit, typically a week or so. I'll come back to it, I'll reread through all those notes that I've made. And at that point, you know, I can add additional notes, add more research links. I might take stuff out, which I think, you know, maybe this isn't as relevant as what I thought it was originally. But I'll iterate over that several times. And then again, when I've done that, I tend to put it away for a little bit, maybe a week or so, and then just let the idea kind of percolate around in my brain a bit. I especially do this on plural site courses because, you know, it's very rare that I'll be able to just go through this outlining process and then immediately start writing and actually have something that I think is particularly good. I like to let the ideas breathe a little bit. So then at that point, once I've got the full outline, you know, at that point, that document is really... Quite powerful, So we have the full structure, through high level, through to quite a low level structure where we've broken all the headings down. I've got quite detailed notes in each section about what it is I want to say, what my opinions are, any research and all that. So really, if you were to give that to someone, they could probably read through it and actually have quite a good idea of what it is you're trying to say. Now it's not well executed prose at that point, but you know, someone could actually learn from it. So what I then do at this point is I literally start chapter one first heading level, first subheading, and I just start writing. Using those notes that I've built up, using the factual information, the research notes, opinions, I'll just write. And now this process could take anywhere from two weeks to several months, just to go through and just write out all of that short notes content, actually into more longer form prose. At this point, you don't worry about the quality of what you're writing, you just write. Get the thoughts down, don't worry about grammar, Don't worry about your spelling so much. Although obviously the tools really help you with that now. Just get the stuff written. Nobody else is going to see this first version. But by the time you've got to the end of the book, you've got a first draft. Now, As I say, this could be completely rough around the edges. Does not matter because no one else is going to read it. But at this point you have a book, you have a long form article, you have a course script. It's reasonably complete. Might not read brilliantly, but it's complete. So then what I tend to do is I'll go through and do like a second second draft. So I'm not rewriting it again, but I'm going through each bit with a fine-tooth comb. I'm making sure that, you know, the tense is correct. Um, I'm focusing a bit more on grammar at this point. I use a tool called Grammarly to help me with this. I paste bits of text into Grammarly. It just helps straighten out a lot of these sort of grammatical faux pas. For me, writing, believe it or not, doesn't actually come that naturally. Um, I'm partially dyslexic. Something that I don't really talk about or advertise that often, but it is a problem that I have struggled with throughout my life. So the writing process doesn't come as easily to me. The outlining process I'm really, really good at, but the writing process I have to really work at it, and it takes a lot and lot of revisions and a lot of practice. But once you've done two or three revisions, at that point you've got something that's pretty complete. Now if it's an article or blog post, you're probably just going to release it at that point. Um, if it's a book... And you can afford to do this, and I do highly recommend hiring an editor or a copy editor. This is something I've started doing for a book project that I'm working on at the minute. I've um, hired a lovely lady who lives in Perth called Mandy, who's a professional book editor, and she now takes you know what I've written and she sort of you know uses her trained editorial skills to sort of really refine what I've been working on and. She's so far um, edited the first six chapters of the book I'm doing, and the stuff she's sent back is brilliant. so, so impressed. It's still what I've written, it's still my words, but she's just kind of, you know, little nip and tuck here and there, sorted out some of the grammar, rephrased a few bits, and it just reads really, really well. So if you are in a position where you can afford to hire an editor to help you out, I really do recommend it. It will pay dividends. But that, effectively, is the process I use... To do long form writing. because um, you know, like everyone, I I suffer from blank page syndrome as well. You know, or it's like in software development, when you do file new and you start something new, it's kind of daunting, you've got this empty, empty window in front of you. But by going through this process and gently iterating through, by working out your you know, your title, your chapters, and then any of your subheadings and kind of basically iterating each step, adding a little bit more information. It's actually a really good way of writing a lot of content fairly quickly. So, if you need to turn stuff around in a timely fashion, that's really going to help you. Now, uh, you know, I know this is a podcast about side hustles. Now, this doesn't really relate to whether you're running a side hustle or if you're working for another company. This is just kind of general skills on long form writing. So, even if you're, you know, working a regular nine to five for a company, but you have to write a long white paper or a report for someone, this technique's really going to help. Now what we've discussed here really is around non-fiction work which is typically what a lot of us are going to be doing non-fiction but actually when I've done research about how um, famous novel writers write books they do a fairly similar process but it's just you know slightly different so when a novel writer writes a book you know they have the overall premise that they define for the book you know what is the book about what is the ultimate goal of the book uh, what is the goal of the hero in the book um, is there a moral that you're trying to convey so that's kind of the premise and then they might do a load of um, character assessments where they define who their characters are in the book. They'll write synopsis, synopsises, or synopsis for the characters, however you say that. And that will say about, you know, what the character's background is, what their motivations are, you know, what they're trying to achieve, uh, you know, information about their personality. And then typically in a story, you have multiple time, or, or multiple parallel threads going on at the same time. So one technique I've seen is that authors will have whiteboards with literally a timeline starting from the beginning and the end of the book. Then they'll start using post-it notes to start writing in where key events of the books happen per timeline. And once they've got that, you know, they've got a fairly good structure defined of, you know, who the characters are, what each character's journey is, and how they interrelate to each other. Then once the author has done that, they can then go through and start splitting this down into chapters and then working out, you know, which scene from each um, parallel story is going to run at any particular time because you very rarely read a novel and it's just a continuous you know from the you know from the um, protagonist's viewpoint through the entire book. you can get books like that which is from a single viewpoint but typically you're going to have you know an event that happens and then you're going to switch to other scenes and then you you know you, you kind of bounce back between scenes and then everything kind of you know comes together at the end. So it's kind of a similar process just you know tackled in a slightly different way for doing fictional writing which is absolutely fascinating seeing how these people do it. Cuz again you know when you look at a typical novel you might be looking at what 4 or 500 pages and you can think to yourself you know how on earth do they sit there and think well I've got this idea for a story and then you know typing away at the keyboard and then suddenly you've got this finished product or finished article and it's all about outlining so the key here is successful and effective outlining of your content. So I hope this technique is kind of useful to you. It's really helped me because, you know, as I said, you know, I'm a bit dyslexic. I've had problems with this before where I've really struggled to write accurate and long text that actually has meaning. But over the years, I've managed to sort of refine my process to actually work out how that I'm actually going to structure the books that I'm writing or the text that I'm writing and then gently kind of iterate towards getting to a final goal. And the technique is absolutely valuable. I really do highly recommend that you try it. On you know, blog posts or articles that you're writing yourself. So this is a bit of a shorter episode, this isn't, this isn't going to be a very long one, uh, which you might be thankful for, I don't know. Um, but I just want to finish off on another technique as well, which is about how to overview books quickly, as in how to you know, pick up the, the gist of what's happening in a book quite quickly. And again this is a technique that I learned. I can't remember where I learned it from. Um, I've seen various different people talking about it, but I just can't remember where I originally thought the idea from. So I'm not laying credit to this idea. I'm just kind of communicating the technique. And, you know, you might be, say, in a bookshop and you've got a book in front of you, maybe, say, a personal development book, for example. And, you know, you read the back cover and you think, oh, sounds interesting. But you want to kind of get a bit more of an in-depth view of the book before you buy it. So there's a a really good sort of overview technique, which I use, um, which is very effective in kind of getting the gist of a book and seeing whether it's actually going to be beneficial to you. So the way I do this is first of all you know I look at I go to the index and I look at all of the chapters and I look at the chapter headings you know what what is the general message that's being conveyed through the chapters. Then what I do is I'll flick through each chapter and I won't read any of the text I'll just look at all the different subheadings. So it's kind of like taking the technique we've just discussed but then kind of reversing it in a way. So I, I read all of the headings in the book. And that might take, you know, five, 10 minutes to do. But by reading those headings, you start to get an idea of kind of the narrative that the author is trying to structure throughout the book. So by the time you spent 10 minutes doing this, going through the book, you've kind of got an idea of kind of, you know, how the the book's gonna flow and the kind of things that you're gonna learn. Now, obviously you don't have all of the detail at that point because that's what you need to read the book for. But at that point, if that book's kind of captured my interest and I'm thinking, you know, this might be a good purchase, what I then go and do is I go back through each chapter And I'll read like the first two or three paragraphs or the first kind of introductory section for each um, chapter. That's typically going to be you know two three hundred words. So I'll go through and I'll read just that bit of each chapter and that kind of gives you, if the book's been well written, those introductory paragraphs give you the setup that you need for the rest of that chapter. Now I find by reading that and plus having a good overview of all the headings in the book, I can actually build up a pretty good mental picture of what this book's going to be about in my mind. As I say you don't have all of the detail at that point, that's obviously what reading the book's about, but if I'm trying to make a purchasing decision there and then and I've not read any reviews, then this is a really good way of just making your own kind of critical judgment about whether that book's going to be worth reading or not. So it's just something to bear in mind next time you're sort of standing in a in a bookshop and you've got a book in your hand, you know, go through, read the chapter headings, read the subheadings in the book, then go back and read the first introductory sections for each chapter, which will be, you know, typically two, three or four paragraphs. And at that point, you should have a good idea in your mind about what this book's about and whether it's right for you or not. If it's not right, put the book back and repeat the process. I find this typically takes me about 20 minutes to half an hour, Um, which, you know, if you're pushed for time, you might not want to do. But, you know, I personally like going to a bookshop and spending a bit of time just browsing. And then, you know, I'll walk out and buy a book. So those are the techniques I wanted to discuss. So they're not particularly long things I wanted to talk about, but they're very, very useful. So if you have to write content, um, either in your side hustle or in your day job, and you kind of get that kind of feeling of anxiety when you have that blank page open in front of you, then, you know, what we've discussed is a really good way of breaking the problem down and sort of tackling it gradually. And then you'll find that by doing that, even if you do have that kind of blank page anxiety, By following the techniques I've said here, it gets you really good at planning, thinking ahead, outlining and eventually getting to that final goal of a written piece of content by breaking the entire problem down. So that's what I wanted to cover there. So as I said, a bit of a shorter episode this time, so we're going to finish off soon. Uh, I just want to finish off on a couple of recommendations. These recommendations are two videos that I found on YouTube and they give kind of um, some good, um, Counterpoints about side hustles. Uh, they're both TEDx talks, um, which I recommend. So I'm going to quickly load the first one up here. Right, so this first one is called Rise and Grind Starting a Side Hustle, and it's written by someone called Josh Sahib. And this is kind of all about, you know, it's kind of more of a warm and fuzzy feeling type of video about, you know, the benefits of running a side hustle. So let me just read the uh, the description here. So starting a side hustle is more than simply following a passion, it's a plan B and can help insulate you from overarching workforce shifts. Over the coming decades, there will be an increasing automation through computers and robotics, leading to less long-term job security. In this talk, Josh Sahib not only touches on his personal journey but also encourages people to grow by doing something beyond their standard day job. So this is kind of an inspirational video, and I watched it. It's not long, it's only about 12 minutes long. Um, but it kind of helps you feel better about your decisions in a way about running a side hustle, which I thought was quite cool. But on the flip side to that, we have another video here. Okay, let me just quick load this up. So this is another TEDx video uh, by a guy called Mark LaRouste, um, I hope I've not butchered your name. Very, very good talk, it's quite funny as well. This is called, What They Don't Tell You About Entrepreneurship. So let me just read the description here. So starting your own business will solve everything, what's wrong with your job, your life and more importantly about how you feel. Becoming an entrepreneur will give you more flexibility, more freedom, more joy, more recognition, more meaning and hopefully on the long run more money right? The reality of being an entrepreneur is much harder than most people are willing to open up about. In a culture where successful entrepreneurs are idealised like rock stars it's easy to feel like we're not good enough when comparing ourselves to the picture that's painted by social media. So that kind of describes what it's about you know there's Generally, an outward perception that you know, running a side hustle or being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur having staff is all roses and everything's brilliant. You know, you look at a lot of inspirational YouTube videos where they talk about you know waking up at five a.m. and doing power yoga and running through your goals in the shower is kind of an example that Mark uses in the talk. But actually, when you peel away the veneer of how it's um, portrayed to people, actually being an entrepreneur is very very hard. Now, there's days where I really struggle. Um, I have worries just like everyone else. It might seem like, you know, from the discussions me and Kevin have that everything's brilliant, but you know, it's hard. It, it can be very, very stressful. And Kevin's, you know, he has the same feelings as well. I mean, he runs a successful software company with his um, business partner, but you know, not every day is brilliant. He, you know, there's things that go wrong. You have customer feedback that you have to deal with. You know, money worries are always real, no matter what type of business you do. So this talk gives a really good kind of counterpoint to the other talk. So I really do recommend that you watch both of them. It doesn't matter which order, but I recommend you watch both of them. Because they just give a, a really good balanced viewpoint around um, entrepreneurialism and running a side hustle. Okay, so that's all I was going to cover um, today. Again, it's a very short episode. Um, kind of had to put it together at the last minute. So we was due to record today, but Kevin's uh, feeling very under the weather. So it's... Better that he stays in bed and gets better. Um, We did have two episodes planned that we're going to record today, which we're now going to record next week. So you're still going to get that content, and I'm actually quite excited about these episodes. There should be lots of really good actionable evidence in there. Uh, Those two episodes will lead us up into the Christmas period. So we're planning an episode probably where we're going to do lots of recommendations for books and things you might want to consider um, over the Christmas holidays for your little stocking stuffers to help you run your business. And then for the end of year episode, running into the new year, me and Kevin are going to revisit the goals that we set in the first episode of 2019. We're going to take a critical look at whether we succeeded in those goals, kind of things that went well, things that didn't go well, and set some goals for next year. So with that, I shall see you very, very soon. Goodbye.